Good evening and welcome in everyone to the Global Family Village. It's about 6.49 p.m. on Sunday, April 11th, 2021 in the cool Southern California on the west coast of the United States. We're going to listen to another audiobook by the famous exorcist, the late priest, Father Gabriel Amort. The title of this book is The Devil is Afraid of Me. The life and work of the world's most famous exorcist. The audiobook notes says, We can do nothing against you because you are too protected. So declared a frustrated host of devils to Father Gabriel Amart, the priest exorcist in Rome who spent 30 years battling the devil and his minions by performing more than 60,000 exorcisms all the while he deftly used modern media to awaken our disbelieving modern culture and even the church to the reality of the devil and his nefarious actions at all times and everywhere. In this eye-opening book, angelologist Father Marcello Stanzioni tells the fascinating story of Father Emmert and his life as an exorcist. You'll learn of his daily schedule and how he managed to perform dozens of exorcisms each week. You'll find out what his exorcism room looked like and how various devils responded to his bold practice. Best of all, you'll hear Father Amert's own startling explanations of many truths about the devil that our culture has forgotten and about the canny methods the deceiver has adopted in recent years to corrupt believers and unbelievers alike. Quote, we can do nothing against you because you are too protected. 
end quote, cried, the devils that Father Amart battled. Let Father Amart teach you in this book how you too can be protected. We'll listen to a preview from the Play Store, the App Store. Tantor Audio, a division of recorded books, presents The Devil is Afraid of Me, the life and work of the world's most famous exorcist, by Father Gabriele Amorth, with Marcello Stanzioni, translated by Charlotte J. Fazi, narrated by Matthew Lloyd Davis. Preface, by Piero Mantero. In a flash... The news of Father Gabriella Amorth's passing made the rounds of all the print and mass media. I cannot conceal my sorrow for such a palpable loss. I shall no longer receive his brief notes and recommendations. Among his habits was his penchant for directing authors to our editorial staff, in particular to me, his friend. Then I would evaluate the works and do whatever was necessary to publish them. So naturally, my first inspiration was to seek a priest who could co-author a small book, in memoriam, to keep in our catalogue long-term. Then everyone, even in posterity, would know this inspired communicator exorcist. I immediately thought of dear Don Marcello Stanzioni, a prolific writer, angelologist, and admirer of Father Amorth, and he did not have to think twice about it. For this I thank him with all my heart, and I appeal to all those who hear this work to enrich it with information and anecdotes or anything else that helps us to feel closer to our dearest Gabriella Amorth. Thank you. 1. Exorcist par excellence by Marcello Stanzioni Who Father Amorth was In the weekly Credere, believe, Francesco Bamonte, president of the International Association of Catholic Exorcists, reported the death of the Catholic Church's most famous exorcist of our times. Friday, September 16, at 7.37 p.m., our dearest Father Gabriella Amorth concluded his earthly journey. We recall him with the deepest gratitude for all that he has done to promote the ministry of exorcism in the contemporary Church, and we admire him for the love and affection he always demonstrated toward the persons he assisted. For nearly thirty years, he strove to relieve the sufferings of so many brothers and sisters who were the victims of the extraordinary actions of Satan, freeing them from the chains of diabolical possession through prayers of healing and liberation and exorcisms. Our association owes him much for his tireless engagement and his determined will to accompany us unsparingly. As president of the International Association of Exorcists, I had permission from his superiors to visit him periodically during his illness. I always spoke to him of your affectionate concern and the numerous greetings that you sent him. We continue to remember him daily in our prayers aware that he now prays for us in the peace and joy of the just. 
Through God's grace, he helps us to welcome God's loving plan for each one of us in this association, which he founded and presided over as the first president, and then as an honorary member up until the very end. With the help of divine grace, we proceed with the work he initiated and fervently promoted. With the help of his prayers, may we continue to sustain effectively the good battle against Satan and all the other rebel angels for the coming of God's kingdom. May we always emulate his filial and tender devotion to the Virgin Mary and bring his uplifting example to others. Who was Father Amorth, and what was the secret of his priestly vocation? In a 2015 interview in Credere, he revealed, My vocation was born early, around the age of ten or twelve. I was more or less Jesus' age when he was found in the temple. One day, when all the family was at the table, my two saintly parents, my four brothers and I, Papa asked us, What do you wish to do when you are grown up? I responded first, I will be a priest. And he said nearly as if he expected it. I shall be very content if it happens. Papa Mario did not live to see his son a priest. He died in 1939 at the start of World War II. Father Amorth's vocational pursuit knew many stages. One significant stage brought him to San Giovanni Rotondo to meet Padre Pio. He told Credere, I went to him in 1942, a little before going to Father Alberioni in Rome. I wished to have some insight on my vocation. But Padre Pio, after a long wait, gave me such an evasive response that I cannot even remember it. Nevertheless, I continued to visit him each year for 26 years, and much to my advantage. With Father Giacomo Alberioni, things went differently. In the summer of 1942... At the age of seventeen, and at the height of the war, Amorth went to Rome, accompanied by his pastor, to visit some religious institutions. He first knocked on the door of the Passionists, but because of a misunderstanding was not received. He then visited the Roman offices of the Society of St. Paul, and was welcomed personally by Blessed Giacomo Alberioni, who immediately recognized his Pauline vocation. When I asked him which order I should choose, he said, Tomorrow I shall celebrate a Mass for you, and I shall ask the Lord. The next day he told me, It is God's will that you enter the Society of St. Paul. So I decided to finish my classical studies at the high school, and then enter the Society of St. Paul. The funeral of Father Amorth was held in the great church of the Queen of the Apostles in the neighborhood of St. Paul. The celebrants were the auxiliary bishop, Monsignor Paolo Lochidice, and the superior general of the Society of St. Paul, Father Baldir José de Castro. There were a hundred priests concelebrating with them, among whom were numerous exorcists and the president of their international organization, Father Francesco Bamonte. At least 1,500 people attended the funeral. Those not able to enter the church remained in the churchyard. At least a thousand people also waited all day Sunday and then Monday morning to file past the casket that was placed in the church next to the tomb of Blessed Giacomo Alberioni, the founder of the Society of St. Paul. People who had experienced Father Gabriella's comfort and help in their illnesses 
came from all over Italy and beyond. Many of the participants of the numerous prayer groups that Father Gabriella followed in Rome were also there, as were the many that joined him in prayer for the exorcisms. As a Pauline priest, Father Amorth fully lived his vocation as an apostle of communication from 1985 until his death. As a publicist, he promoted a deeper knowledge of the world of the occult and its remedies in the church. As a molder of the young Pauline seminarians, he taught at the high school and was a spiritual director for diverse institutions, the Little Sisters of the Annunciation, the Gabrielines, and the members of the Institute of Jesus the Priest. And briefly, for a little less than two years, he was the Pauline's delegate for Italy. Moreover, thanks to his wise pen, he was an appreciated journalist and editorialist. From 1980 to 1988, he directed the monthly Madre de Dio, Mother of God, and collaborated with the editors of Credere, Familia Cristiana, The Christian Family, Senor del Soprannaturale, The Sign of the Supernatural, and other Pauline magazines. Then, for many long years, each second Wednesday of the month, he hosted the series An Exorcist Tells His Story on Radio Maria. He became very well known internationally thanks to his books on the dangerous world of the occult and the destructive consequences it has on people's lives. Also on radio, on television and in print, he addressed topics that were usually ignored, either because they were crushed by secular prejudices or because of the inattention of the church. During his eulogy, Father Bamonte emphasized Amorth's tenacious and passionate attempts to reawaken the church to the needs of persons who suffer in the spirit and therefore require the help of exorcists. It was Father Amorth, Father Bamonte recalled, who in 1991 gathered together all the Italian exorcists and then three years later, founded the International Association of Exorcists, becoming its long-time president. The association's statutes were recognized on June 13, 2014. Its only objective, Father Amorth emphasized, was to obtain cures for the illnesses caused by demonic oppression. Never did he write a book, grant an interview, or appear in the media without having this objective in mind. Father Antonio Mattatelli of Luca, one of the youngest Italian exorcists, writes, Whenever someone told him that he was the most famous exorcist, he would respond, The most famous, but not the most effective. <laughs> Father Amorth always referred to Father Matteo Lagrua, another giant in the Catholic Ministry of Liberation, as the truest exorcist and saint. But I believe that Father Amorth also was a saint, with his Modernese sincerity always direct and never diplomatic. He was one who gave bread for bread. He was a master in every way, in chasing demons, in his ministry of the word, and in his preaching and evangelization. He touched his listeners and his readers. The great good he did as a Catholic priest for 62 years was centered on his devotion to Our Lady, including consecration to her immaculate heart. His exorcisms, it has been calculated that during his last 30 years he did at least a 100,000 exorcisms, and his books, which have influenced generations of believers. 
If you will pardon the audacity of my affection and admiration, and ignore the decree of Pope Urban VIII that asked the faithful to leave judgment on the matter to the church, I must say that Father Amorth was a giant, a teacher, an example of greatness, and therefore a saint. I was with Father Amorth one Tuesday morning when he was struggling with one of his patients in the Basilica of St. Paul outside the walls. He was sweating much from the heat, but also because of the fidgeting of the obsessions, so horrendous and at the same time fascinating. I witnessed this scene often, and each time I was impressed with his familiarity with the procedure and with the throngs of people seeking him and asking him for help. He received rivers of people in that clinic of the spirit, always in control, secure and charitable, when, as if overseeing an assembly line, he performed exorcisms in industrial quantities. No one knew where he got that serene psychic strength and how he found the time, with all the exorcisms, to churn out books. Yet all of us understood that it was Christ, along with his Immaculate Mother, who was the secret flame of the energy he poured into our beloved church. The church, as Benedict XVI said at Fatima, where the faith is being extinguished in the heart of so many believers because it is not being nurtured. I saw him for the last time on April 8th of last year in Rome, at the Pauline's mother house. I was with some friends. I wished above all to ask him a question I could not answer about exorcisms about the possibility that holy and saved souls could also manifest themselves as devils do. This field is difficult to understand and explain, but I wish to hear from him, the exorcist par excellence. And he answered me with his usual competence. Yes, he said to me, the saints at times manifest themselves. It has happened to me with St. Gabriella of Our Lady of Sorrows, St. Benedict, and St. Padre Pio of Pietrelcina, whom I knew during his life. Then he gave me a pat on the shoulder, adding, Keep going, young man. Looking back, I am moved, thinking of the beauty and greatness of that man, so lucid and wise, but with an old, sick body that was going to ruin. I thought, He is a saint. His heritage will be paradise. Father Antonio Rizzolo, director of the magazine Credere, remembers him, above all, as a person who has done much good for everyone. I was struck by the gratitude expressed on the Internet by those thanking him for his ministry of exorcism, an undertaking he engaged in with dedication up until a few weeks ago when his strength failed him. These simple, needy people found in him a compassionate listener. Here are a couple of testimonies. Thank you, Father Amorth, for all that you have done for the people who needed you. May the Lord receive you at his side. Dear Father, protect us from above. Thank you for all the good that you have done for us. Now you are with the Lord. I would like to remember Father Amorth as my confrere, a fellow Pauline. He was indeed part of my congregation, the Society of St. Paul but I began to know him better in 1989 when I collaborated with him at the magazine Madre de Dio, which he directed during its first year and then continued as a contributor. Father Gabriella was a gruff person only in appearance. Certainly he was very frank, but he loved to joke. 
He was famous for his comic way of greeting you. In more recent times I went to see him with another Pauline, Father Stefano Stemamiglio, to ask for advice about a new magazine, Credere, that I directed. He liked the idea of a publication that presented the Christian faith simply through life testimonies. He encouraged us and gave us his blessing. He also agreed to write a column on how to defend oneself from evil and grow in faith. The column, edited by Father Stimamiglio, was titled Dialogues on the Hereafter, although I had suggested The Devil is Afraid of Me, and ran for more than a year. In the end, this is one of the messages that Father Amorth left us. In the end, this is one of the messages that Father Amorth left us. The devil is nothing against the mercy of God. The American journalist Tracy Wilkinson, author of a book on the Vatican exorcists, described him in his element. Father Amorth receives his tormented flock in the building that hosts his office and accommodations and that of his confreres. His room is always distant from the street so that no one can hear the screams. Otherwise the police arrive, he says with a hint of a smile. The room measures about nine by fifteen feet. The walls are sea green, broken off here and there by some cracks in the plaster. There are five or six straight-backed chairs leaning against the walls, and a likely padded chair with a vinyl covering where patients who are not in very critical condition can accommodate themselves. The helpers are seated in other chairs. Among these there may be priests, family members, and relatives of the patient, and assistants who help to control the patient. Amorth also turns to laymen, followers of the Catholic charismatic renewal, who often participate with their prayers. Many prayers are needed, he says. Unstable or sick patients who might have to be tied down with straps are stretched out on a small bed with padding, similar to those used in medical offices. Amorth showed me the straps that are used for this purpose. Violence is always an eventuality, therefore there are always assistants. Few priests practice exorcism alone. Amorth has hung eight crucifixes, some images of Our Lady, and a picture of St. Michael the Archangel on the walls. The statuette of Our Lady of Fatima sits on a small table in a corner. There are also images of Pope John Paul II, St. Padre Pio, Father Amorth's mentor, Father Candido Amantini, and Father Giacomo Alberioni, founder of the Congregation of the Society of St. Paul. Amorth calls them his protectors adding that the reintroduction of the image of St. Paul II has proven to be particularly efficacious, because the demons become very irritable before him. At the top of the wall there is a small window with an air conditioner and drawn curtains. Father Amorph has the tools of the trade at hand. Inside an old briefcase are two wooden crucifixes, an aspergillum for sprinkling holy water, and a vial of consecrated oil. In addition, he uses a purple priestly stole and a book of prayers with the official formulas for exorcism. Father Francesco Bermonte, his successor in the International Association of Exorcists, offers this testimony. With the death of Father Gabriella Amorf, a great personality of the 20th century has left the scene. It is significant that he died the same day as an eminent Italian statesman, Carlo Azzilio Ciampi. President of Italy, 1999-2006. Gabriella Amorth was the youngest of five sons, born to Mario and Giuseppina Amorth. 
in Modena on May 1st, 1925. Gabriella felt the call to the priesthood from a very early age. Like his father, he studied law and was engaged in the Emilian social, political and ecclesial events of his time. He did much in his young adulthood to contribute to the common good. After the war, he joined Giulio Andriotti and other prominent Italian statesmen in the writing of Italy's constitution. When Andriotti joined the new government, Amorth chose the priesthood and religious life. Eventually, this choice led him to the Ministry of Exorcism. Through his undoubtable communicative skills, he contributed greatly to this ministry's legitimacy with the people of God and the world at large. The writer Angela Mussolesi remembers him in this way. Throughout the years, he collaborated with various exorcists. For this I can affirm without fear of refutation that Father Amorth is the greatest exorcist. Not because he had more power to liberate, but for the totality of his work. He had more experience than all the others, since he practiced this ministry for more than twenty years, and he learned it as an apprentice working with another great exorcist, Father Candido Amantini. During that period, he learned how to recognize the presence and action of the evil one and how to liberate. This formation, learned at the side of an expert, is not a matter of minor importance. The one who follows a brief course for exorcists, and is then officially nominated as an exorcist, does not have full cognition of the facts, which it takes many years to gain, and several stories of vexed persons have confirmed it. Amorth also read a great deal on the topic and about related fields, deepening his knowledge and understanding of how the Satanists and the occultists act. As a result, and as the global success of his books demonstrates, his teachings are the best. By following them, one can successfully liberate himself from the actions of the fool, Amorth's term for the devil. Father Amorth is also the greatest exorcist because he is generous, as God is generous, and funny. During an exorcism, a demon accused him of being a glutton, and Father Amorth responded, Well, what's it to you? If he had some doubt, he sent the person to a psychologist. But he often carried out the exorcism as a diagnostic tool because, he argued, if a person has a need for an exorcism, fine. If not, the exorcism does no harm. He also carried out exorcisms over the telephone. In Italy, there are only two exorcists who have used this method, Father Amorth and one of his elderly friends. Two priests for 60 million people. But why do so few avail themselves of this convenience? The effects are the same as for those who show up physically. Why limit God's mercy? In other countries, many exorcists interact with people by telephone. There are also other practical means of communication, such as Skype. Father Gabriele Amorth was awarded a gold medal for military valor demonstrated during the War of the Resistance, 1944-1945, against the fascist dictator. He earned another Medal of Valor for his resistance to the evil one, for having fought in favor of the reign of Jesus. And he did it publicly. Father Livio Fanzaga of Radio Maria shares his testimony. Father Gabriele Amorth was a presenter on Radio Maria since 1990. And from our microphones he woke up the church on the diminution of the ministry of exorcism. 
one of my first programs at Radio Maria at that time, a small parochial station, was a commentary on his book, An Exorcist Tells His Story. It then became the title of his popular program at Radio Maria for 25 years. Francesco, one of the many who went to Father Amorth for exorcisms, describes the priest's day. Among the fixed collaborators there was Father Stanislav, and at least three or four laymen who constituted a prayer group, and assisted at restraining the patient. Each morning he began at 8.50 with the blessing of the water, salt and oil, brought by a group of persons who evidently had a great need of it. In addition, there were always three or four persons who profited from it by asking for a quick blessing. The morning exorcism began at nine, with a half-hour pause between appointments for the paperwork. Each morning there were five appointments, mostly cases that were already known that came from Rome or somewhere in Lazio, although at times they came from adjacent regions, from the north of Italy and from abroad. In some rare cases, other prelates pleaded for appointments for their congregants, claiming the impossibility of finding a good exorcist in their dioceses. The atmosphere of the little rectangular room where the exorcisms were performed was strange, nearly surreal. One gained access through a small door of wood and opaque glass. As soon as you entered, your glance was drawn to a worn-out armchair in brown velvet that served the less agitated patients. The ceiling was high and the walls were white, but a bit soiled in spots. Two windows provided illumination and warmed the room during the hot weather. But during the winter it was rather cold. Under the window was a small bed with a faded green cover and a thick blanket at the foot where the patient would place his feet. Under the bed was a wooden box containing the tape and belts used to tie the more robust patients, generally men, to prevent them from doing harm during the prayer. I record little of what happened during my attendance, but thinking back I can now say that some people could not be held firm even with six or seven volunteers if they had not been tied. Therefore restraining them is a very useful precaution done for their own good. On another wall is a bookshelf with diverse religious books, a Roman missal, some theological works, and a biography of saints. During the exorcisms, some folding chairs are brought into the room from the adjoining antechamber, which functions as a waiting room for the persons scheduled for exorcisms during the morning. The seats serve not only for Father Amorth and the relatives and friends of the persons exorcised, but also for the persons who assist, their relations, and the permanent helpers, Father Stanislav, Christina, Rosa, and Teresa. In addition, there were now and then other laymen, brothers, seminarians, and priests from every part of the world who wished to participate in order to observe, learn, and especially help through their prayers. Marco Tosati interviews Father Amorth. The Vaticanist Marco Tosati has written much of Father Amorth, and has co-authored books with him on his life and work. Tosati describes Amorth as a smiling man with a playful air, who peppers his speech with jokes, and who does not have a cell phone, does not know how to use the internet, and does not watch television or read the newspapers. Amorth claims that at dinner his confrères inform him of world events and of other unhappy things that acquaint him with his patient's world. How are exorcisms understood from a historical perspective? In the first four centuries of Christian history, all were able to do exorcisms. 
exorcists did not exist as we understand them today. That is, priests with a precise ministerial mandate. Jesus said, In my name you will cast out demons. It was enough to believe in him and to act with faith. And this remains true to this day. Today we have groups of the renewal and also individuals who do what I call prayers of liberation. I do not call them exorcisms in order to distinguish them from true and proper exorcisms. But when prayers of liberation are done with faith, they are as effective as true and proper exorcisms. Thank you for listening to the pre preview. And there's a copy of the full-length audio book. Four hours, 38 minutes. It's on sale in the Play Store, the App Store.